Hello everybody, welcome back to Lovejoy Actually, a podcast all about Lovejoy. Um, we have a special guest this week, Kim, sitting in for Helen. Um, and it might sound like we recorded all together, but we did not. I was listening to Ali Ward's Ologies podcast and she mentioned that when she interviews guests remotely, she also has them record into their phone. Um, so we tried that and I think, barring a few glitches, it worked quite well. I also wanted to hop on here to remind you we're still raising money for Royal Trinity Hospice while their charity shops are closed. Um, follow us online at Lovejoy Apod to find out how you can support them too. Um, Helen, Polly and I will be doing a Q&A, so do submit your questions to us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we'll record that next week sometime. I still need to watch the final episode of series four, Lovejoy Loses It. So I'll be doing that this Sunday, June the 7th at 8pm. Um, I'll be tweeting all about it. So look out for the hashtag Lovejoy Lockdown and uh, you can join me there and watch along at the same time if you'd like to. Um, and finally, at the end of June, we will be holding a very special charity auction auction should I say um, with some Lovejoy memorabilia and even a prop from one of the episodes so keep an eye on our social media you can find out more about the items and how to bid later on in the month in the meantime enjoy this episode thank you to Kim let's get on with it Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> I'm going to open my drink. Now, which one shall I open? I've got um, rhubarb and ginger gin, so I should have that because you've got that, Polly. But I've also got beena, 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 green jiffies, so I can't decide, really. So I'm going to open my um, gin, I think, because it's going to make the same noise. <laughs> Whatever. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. <laughs> um, right. So let's start. So we should introduce ourselves. So um, I'm Em. Hello. And I'm Paul. And we have a very special guest co-presenting with us today. And she is... Kim. Hi, Kim. Big old class. Hello, Kim. <laughs> well, welcome back, I should say, Kim, because this is your second time with us. Yes, it is. It's been a while. It has. It's much quieter here, but we still have booze. Mm. So it's Which fun. Which is always good. Kim is our OG. Um, love, love, joy. Actually, fan. <laughs> she, she, was, she was there from the beginning. None of this coming in on Instagram in the last two months. Oh no, uh, Kim exactly. was back there back in 2018. Um, and Kimmy, oh sorry, I was no, going to say, Kimmy, you're looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, I'm so super excited for Saturday. I'm like, I'm so gonna win. <laughs> I think you probably. I think you the thing probably is, will. nobody's disputing that. <laughs> Bearing in mind, this is going to go out after Saturday. We'll be able to maybe cut something in here. Yeah. Going, and she did. Do you know when I was writing the questions, Kim? I was actually thinking of you. I put some questions in. And went, nah, it's too easy. And I had to put in some really. There are some proper geeky questions in there. <laughs> yes. Really geeky proper questions. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Good. And we've raised quite a lot of money. I'm going to give the. I'm going to give the website a quick plug uh, okay. while I'm at it because we will still be raising money when this goes out for Royal Trinity Hospice where um, Dudley Sutton uh, spent the last few weeks of his life. So if you go to uh, justgiving.com forward slash lovejoy... I've had a lot of booze, sorry. <laughs> Let me do that again. 
I know that you're not going to cut that out either. I'm not. Uh, go to justgiving.com forward slash lovejoy hyphen actually. And uh, you can give uh, Royal Trinity Hospice some cash. And you can find out about all the different things we're doing, like the quiz and the auction, auction. at the end of the month, uh, which is very exciting. Anyway, yeah. why are anyway, we here? let's get to the episode. <laughs> we are here because we are discussing series four, episode something. Uh, Dainty Dish. By um, Jeremy Paul is the writer, which rings a bell. I'm sure we've had him for one episode before and we went, oh, that's a new name and I can't remember which one it was. Kim's nodding sagely. What was his other episode? Um, I can't remember which episode it was, but he's he doesn't write many episodes um, for, for Love, Lovejoy, um, but he definitely writes two, maybe three. Um, oh, but no. he, he's written one for, I think, was it series Two, maybe in series two. This is going to be a me cutting it in again, isn't it? No, I found it. He wrote Friends in High Places, which I love. (gasps) Friends in High Places. He wrote Friends in High Places, and I did know that. And he also wrote Love Not. So he's basically written two of my most favourite episodes ever. Yeah, Love Nuts was very, which would explain this one and would explain the chaos and the and the slight drunkenness. And all of those sorts of aspects that but, appear beautifully in this. There was a moment towards the end of this episode where I actually took a photo of my face because I had such a reaction. <laughs> I couldn't share stop that on laughing. Twitter. It was so funny. So yeah. So I don't think we said the name. The episode is called Dainty Dish. What were your first impressions, Kim? Um, so I really like. Or, or your tenth impressions, because we all know you've watched this at least nine times before. Probably a good hundred times before. Um, yeah, I love this episode. It's got all the things that I love about Lovejoy. It's got a nice little old lady who needs help. Friend of Jane's who needs help. Um, it's got Tinker having a little bit of a romance. Yes. Um, it's, got... it, it, it's like it's bringing together all the classic elements to which we've become accustomed in previous episodes. Even Eric drops something at one point. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what do you want? Eric drops something. Dame it's classic, classic love joy. Um, oh, I know. It's just, it's just brilliant. It's got all the the chaos that of of the um, love joy. It's just got everything that I love. And Charlie Gimbert being an ass. Absolutely. Oh, God, isn't he? He's, he's horrid. Peak arsehole, isn't he? In this, I, th- I feel like we say that every time he appears in series four, but he just is getting worse and worse. I think he does I get think. worse. He definitely does. He's get definitely worse. up up to the the smarmy in this mm. episode. I would As say. Helen up would say, oh, we should have said Helen, who would normally be here co-hosting with us. Helen's still on maternity leave. Um, she would describe him as sleamy. That's how she. That's what she called him. That's a really good sleazy and slimy, and he was particularly sleamy in this. He was all of the above, wasn't he? And oh yeah, I really loved that it opened in Brighton because me and Polly have been to Brighton together. We have. I've got a picture of us throwing pebbles into the sea. (laughs) And did you have a? Sorry, did you have a summary before we leap in? Oh, I do. Look how organised I am. Unless you've got one, Kim. <laughs> Kim knows that we never do any preparation, but I thought in Helen's absence I would do some preparation. Uh, it's not very good preparation though, because listen it's to what pretense, I found Kim. on a visit to Brighton, Lovejoy. Who can resist this town? The team find themselves scouring the town for a set of aristocratic china. Charlie does his best to cause havoc, and then there are the chairs. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean the, it kind of like it's kind it's of all true, right? But I mean, 
Yeah, it's it's not the best. There's no mention of the they never are the the jugglers, the fortune teller, the the traffic warden, the traffic warden. Uh, I had dreams about the traffic warden, Don Warrington, which we will come to, which was which so brilliant, <laughs> so pleased to see him, and so much um, Coronation Street crossover. So we better There's a lot of Coronation crack Street. on and get into it. Um, have you been to Brighton, Kim, though, before I carry on? I have. Funnily enough, um, it must have been about three years ago to see Phyllis Logan performing in Present oh. Laughter there. Really? Wow. Oh, I love... Did you meet her? Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. She seems really lovely. She yeah. is really yeah. lovely, bless her. Um, she is really lovely. So it was nice getting to go to Brighton. I didn't get long enough there. So I didn't get to properly explore and properly get to um to see the the thing that I like the um Indian looking building that they oh the yeah pavilion. the pavilion the pavilion that's it I said that so like smartly and quickly then because of course I had to look it up last night because I couldn't remember what it's called like but I mean when I first moved to London because I live in South London. You can get the coach, like you can go and buy a coach ticket in the newsagent, get on the coach and go to Brighton. So we went to Brighton all the time. Um, it felt really nice seeing it. It felt really familiar. And I always think of Brighton as being like South, South London, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, it just is. Isn't I mean, it? It's it just is South of South London. Yeah. And so there were lots of establishing shots. The pavilion, was the pavilion in there? It was anyway. The pier was there, the pebbly beach. The, and then the classic British shot of... Some semi-naked British people on a beach in what does not look like particularly brilliant weather. No, it didn't, did it? With ice cream. Yeah, I mean, the classic. Were there ankle socks? I didn't notice. There should have been ankle... There's normally ankle socks, aren't there, in those pictures? Yeah, well, Tinker definitely had his um, his trouser legs rolled up. <laughs> rolled up, I saw <laughs> that, his, yeah. Had his, had his socks on, you know, a little bit of leg showing. The, the classic British look. Yeah. Uh, so sort of start as you mean to go on. I mean, I, and, I've, uh, I've said we crack straight away into a bit of a misogyny of the week. I've written exactly that. I Gawping thought... at women's ass, I've I written. at women. I noticed that as well. I was like, yep, misogyny of the week. I mean, right I in the first more later on, scene. I mean, so strap in. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of misogyny. It really was in this one, yeah. Um, And then I've written... Friend of Jane's... Also immediately in a rough patch. So Jane... Of course. I mean, as Kim said right at the beginning, this just had every single Lovejoy element to it, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And of course it launches straight into um, elderly lady, a baroness. Baroness, of course. Got to have a peerage. Got to have peerage. You know, she's got to be a something. You know, and um, she's a really sweet old lady as well trying to raise a thousand pounds um to buy her grandniece a uh, car. Yeah, she yeah. yeah, she wasn't the typical kind of like grasping, oh I've got to pay my death duties because I didn't actually save any money while I was busy being rich. She's sort of she's proper old money. I liked her, Louise the Baroness. And she was drinking cider and I I liked yes. the little look that Lovejoy and Jane did. I can't remember if they did it to each other or if Lovejoy did it to us, but a little kind of like Cider. It was one of those, like, a bit of both, where he kind of looked at her and then slightly looked back at us, like, what the hell? Like, cider? I was expecting champers, at least. <laughs> yeah, you always expect, you know, a bit of, bit of Verve Clicquot. Um, there was a little bit of um, completely unintended foreshadowing, by the way, that I've picked up on, because I like it, 
And she tells her backstory and she it ends with her saying, now I'm the sole survivor. The only reason I like that was because who knew that a few years later Ian McShane would be in Sole Survivor with Margie Clark in 1995. <laughs> like, as you start, I know that's the geekiest like, thing ever, and I know it's unintentional. Say, she's going to say that thing about uh, that thing that nobody's ever seen and I don't think really exists. <laughs> that was it does, and it was brilliant. It was so good, and you can't get it anywhere. <laughs> I've looked it up online, and it does not exist, and it had Isaac Hayes in it, and I know we've said this, and this is deja vu. You can move on. It's all right. I loved it. I, <laughs> I love Margaret. I remember Clark. you saying it had Isaac Hayes in it, though. It's got Isaac Hayes in it. It's bloody brilliant. It's such a. Have you, you've seen it, Kim, haven't you? you seen it? Soul Survivor? It rings a bell. I promise it exists. It was about a group called the Tallahassees. Um, it's Polly's favourite it, film. It, it, it was pretty much my favourite film. Right, carry so, on. Yeah, so, yeah, so Lovejoy's there because the Baroness, um, she wants to raise this money. She's got some furniture. Her sister's died and she's got this furniture sent over from Belgium. So he's going to um, value the furniture. I've written a horrible dresser. Apparently it was a credenza. That's what a horrible yes, dresser a is actually called, a credenza. Um, and it was horrible. And then, but a credenza with, by any other name would look as ugly. <laughs> Carry on. Um, but within the credenza, he finds a dish, and it, and then here's where he looks at the camera because and you get the music and you you, you mm. get the thing that we to which we are now accustomed of the whole sort of oh, Lovejoy has seen something. Tingle, tingle, tingly music. And nobody wants to, like, I, th- I don't think the Baroness necessarily knows anything about the plate or really cares. And he gives this really kind of frustrated look of like, oh, and you just know as the audience, like, okay, I've got it. I've got it. Um, and then he goes to the beach where Tink and Eric are just uh, having a lovely time. <laughs> and, uh, and then says they've got to go and find out about this plate that he's found. Maybe we should describe the plate. Wedgwood. Wedgwood. Does he oh, yeah. does he know that the Done. minute he finds it? Was I supposed to know that as the viewer? Um it, it's I don't think it's typically styled as Wedgwood. It like, isn't because Wedgwood is usually the blue, isn't it? With yeah. the, the sort of little either, either sort of blue or green with like the little white um patterns. Pastoral on it so mm. you know, nice yeah. country scenes. So yeah, he, not very so Lovejoy kind of knew that it was. Well, he knew, didn't he? For whatever Does it reason, have a royal crest on it. Yeah, yeah. It so that's the thing. It, it's, it's not just. It's not just Wedgwood. This this is not just Wedgwood. This is Marks and Spencer's Wedgwood. No, it's. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to do the cart door advert. Your favourite. It's it a sound. Yeah, <laughs> tasting is believing. I, t- um, I tell you no, what. No, it's though. special. Oh, sorry, Limited edition Wedgwood, isn't it? Basically, commissioned. Yes. Wed- commissioned Wedgwood. We go. find out later, don't word. we? And of um, course, Tinker I don't know. takes I, them to the Wedgwood and um, place, and they, they actually learn a bit more about where it actually comes from, and the fact that it was linked to um, Leopold of um, Saxe Coburg, and, um, and that it was for his his. Princess Bride, um, Princess Charlotte, as Tinker calls her, and um, that it was for their wedding, um, and then she, of course, tragically died. So it had some specialty about it. So it was, I think, yeah. it was that that made it special. Yeah, and um, I'll tell you what else was special. I don't know how you two are feeling about this at the minute. We're still in the middle of lockdown. I don't know when you're listening to this, listener. Um, <laughs> having an ice cream on the beach. Uh. Eric had a Mr. Whippy. Oh my god, it looks so nice. I was just so jealous. 
I do like a good Mr. Whipple. I bloody love right. a Mr. The soft ice cream is just amazing. They're sat on the and beach. It's the British summer, isn't it? That's the implication. The British summertime. They're having a rest, and Lovejoy's like, no, get down the lanes, which is like the antiques kind of bit of Brighton. Find out about this play. Eric goes down there. He finds a play and pays 30 quid for it. Um, and then Lovejoy says to Tinker, right, you go to Stoke. Find out about this at the museum. Yeah, Tink's, he wants to send Tink off to Stoke on Trent. And then they're like, well, we've got no money. And so they all just go to Jane with that. Of course. Who else would they, they go to? Why does she do it, though? I suppose she's well, his business why, partner. And this is the thing. That's why they go to her, because they know that she's going to... And they're not even... They're just so brazen about they are. it. They've, they've kind of gotten to that stage now in their friendship where... She 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 doesn't even need to ask what it is that they're after. You know, they cross the road and there she is in her little her little pinny, um, brushing the um steps and they just go up to her with that little look on their faces and, and oh, like puppy dog eyes like, Oh yeah. please, Lady Jane and she's like, Right, to the cash point, let's go. <laughs> Um, but they're all hovering around her, trying to sort of see her um her bank balance over their shoulder, and then they turn away quickly. Oh, I do you know what I thought they were trying to check. I don't know why they would be doing this. I thought she was like, "Don't look at my pin number." <laughs> but no, you're right. They were trying to see how much cash was in there. Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. <laughs> um, and this is where we first hear about Alwyn, who is my favourite character, clairvoyant to the rich and famous. I love no her. And Tinker's ex flame. Yeah, Tink's like, it's all right, we can stay we can stay with Alwyn. <laughs> and then Lovejoy's like, No, Jane, we should go to the stay at the Grand. And I'm like, But you just But you just asked her for money. So how uh, But remember he says that he's got a special suite, special arrangement. <laughs> and indeed he does, as he we does. realise later. <laughs> When we meet uh, Fred Elliott in another oh guise. Oh, God, I was so chuffed. But we'll get to that. <laughs> I was so excited about Being that. Being slightly oh. posh as well. <laughs> yes, a posh Fred Elliott. Yeah. All I could think of was him going, I say, I say. <laughs> and I thought, this is just wrong. This is weird. My whole world has just turned upside down at this point. Exactly, exactly. I'm jumping like, ahead. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah, so Lovejoy tries Back to, to strong arm Jane into going to her towel, but Jane is very sensible proper. and proper. And, but I don't really understand why, because she does fancy him, right? And so. Is that just me? Is... <laughs> well, I have to admit, this episode, for me, I think kind of sums up their whole relationship in series four. Because I think mm-hmm. series one to three, the sexual tension's really there. It's really obvious. Then series four, obviously, because the end of um, series three, they kind of finally got together, but then they sort of didn't get together. So mm. series four is very much... They're arguing a lot more. Yeah. So do you think they've had sex? Is that what we're saying? Oh, I would like to think so. <laughs> That's such a posh way. I hope so. <laughs> they must have done because you don't talk intervals. to somebody like that otherwise. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Right. I mean, I, there's just, oh, I don't know. I think they've lost, they've lost a bit of their spark. 
Definitely. They've lost the mystique. Yeah. Yeah, they've definitely lost the mystique. But we as viewers have not lost the mystique because we never saw it. So I was like, Jane, just go to the hotel. Look at him, he's really cute. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Live it up she's in Brighton. Pulling cardigan. Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't got a pulling she, she cardigan. Hasn't got a pulling cardigan. Actually, she That's hasn't worn a pulling cardigan in a very long time. That's what it is. <laughs> or her cute um, duck jumper. See, that's what it is, Jane. Um, anyway, so back to Alwyn. Alwyn, who I bloody loved. Excellent earrings. <laughs> so Tink's not staying there because he's going to Stoke. Lovejoy's not staying there because he's going to stay at the Grand Hotel because he's got an inn there. Um, so Eric's <clears throat> going to stay with Alwyn. Okay. And he looks terrified. He, he looks, looks absolutely scared. mortified. <laughs> but what I kind of didn't get was, so Alwyn was kind of set up as Tinker's old flame kind of love interest, but she also appeared to be like 40 years old. Is that just me? It, yeah, she she's was older, than that. older than that, but definitely quite quite young a lot younger than a lot younger than him but i think she's somebody who has aged well yeah was the impression mm. it's all the mystical yeah <laughs> um so yeah so she she's a fortune teller she works in brighton she's got like a and b which eric is now stuck at um but then we go Poor away from it. there because we learn a bit more about these plates that were in the credenza because Lovejoy goes back to Jane, despite the fact Jane's turned him down, goes back to the Baroness's flat, where Jane is with some moe and I'm like, she just gave you money <laughs> what is yeah, this? I mean, nowadays that's like what, 40 quid to, to, to buy you know, a bottle of moe, and I, I think it's probably easier to buy a bottle of moe nowadays as well, I reckon you can probably get it in a supermarket, right? Although it's presumably more in yeah, so I yeah, so Moe is um like just the fact that she'd gone to the cash point and got out cash for Tink or whatever she was doing it for to get more plates, blah blah blah. And then he just pitches up with this booze and I'm like, well sh sh anyway. It doesn't work because Jane is like, no, just go away. Also, I think I've brought this up before. Why does he wear his leather jacket indoors? He always wears his leather jacket. That's just his thing. <laughs> He must be bo boiling hot. Yeah. But of course, when when they're at... For some reason, then, when she go, he goes round to... And this was something I have never quite understood, why the sudden switch. But he goes round, and um, the Baroness is all lovely and nice and completely oblivious. And he... It happens. She happens to mention that um, you know they're about to have dinner, and Jane makes it very clear it's only for two. Mm. And then when the Baroness says, "Oh, are you staying, Lovejoy?" and she's like, "No," very quick to say no. And I'm like, "Why is she being so harsh to him?" <laughs> I don't know what. It was really odd. I would have understood that if it was a man she was staying with and he was trying to muscle in, but yeah, it was. It just seemed a bit uh, strange. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. And, not, and also, like, just a little bit impolite, because it's not Jane's flat. No, it's true. And and uh, unless she maybe didn't want the Baroness to feel taken advantage of, and she thinks, oh, she's just trying to be polite, because that's what you say to somebody, you know, it's that thing of, oh, you must stay for dinner, and the correct answer is, no, uh, no, but no thank no, you very much, it's... but I'm going to go now. So maybe she is just trying to be... It's just etiquette on Jane's part. 
Perhaps, yeah. Because she knows that he's not going to observe the rules of social etiquette. But this does work quite well for a bit of exposition because we find out that the horrible dresser slash credenza, um, now we hear that bit about it being shipped from Belgium because it was her sister's. And, oh, yes, there had been all these plates in it, but during the war, somebody threw them in the lake of the big house in Belgium. Was it the Germans? I think it's um I think it's Nazis. Um so they're not necessarily very clear on this one, but um from what I've gathered If they're not clear to Kim, we haven't got a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fucked. Um but basically during the Second World War, um the Baroness's sister was married to um a German or Belgium um aristocrat. And they had like a nice mansion and what have you. And of course, Nazis went in and um, overtook it. And um, obviously something happened to her sister and to um, her husband. And um, they ended up, all all their belongings um, got stolen, including the plates. And quite a lot of them got chucked into the... Oh, yeah, I think this was the bit that I... It wasn't I wasn't paying attention. It's that I couldn't understand whether... It was wanton destruction on the part of the Nazis, or if it was they hiding them stuff. in the lake to yeah, just make it safe, get them out of the way. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I think it was just just destruction on the Nazis' parts, um, from from what I've heard. So at least we now know kind of the journey of the plate. But then we go to the Grand, where we meet Fred Elliot. Yay! Which is just so bizarre. Do you, you Are you a Coronation Street fan, Kim? Do you know what we're banging on about? I do indeed. Fred Elliot, uh, Fred Elliot the Butcher, not Fred Elliot the uh, rather, you know, rather upmarket uh, concierge. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see what you mean, Bright. Absolutely. I, I see, actually. I, I see. see. I see. I mean, I have never watched Coronation Street in my life. I wasn't allowed to watch ITV when I was growing up, and I don't like soaps. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the most snobby thing ever. I wasn't allowed to, I wasn't watch, allowed to watch ITV. Watch we were very much a BBC <laughs> Two household. <laughs> like, I didn't know that wasn't a thing until I left home. We watched documentaries about the railway and, and the Elizabethan like, era. Like, and oh, Lovejoy. You must have seen... Yeah, Lovejoy. Lovejoy was <laughs> acceptable. Moss wasn't that kind of thing. Well, it was Moss on BBC <laughs> One? I can't remember. I might be ruining it. But um, and so I've never ever watched Coronation Street, and I still knew that that was the I say, I say, Ashley, I say. Ashley, or whatever he says. I don't oh, yeah. really know. Um, but I still knew it was the man from Coronation Street, and he appeared in his concierge outfit at the door of the hotel. Welcomed and Lovejoy. Quite well spoken. Very well spoken. Obviously knew Lovejoy as well, so you kind of knew. Aha! This this man's got a, a a real position of power within the hotel, How? and he's going to come into his own at some mm. point. And lo and behold, he did. He did, and um, and he says to Lovejoy, "Like, do you want your usual suite or so, something like this?" Um, and and that was hilarious. Has built it up to be like something spectacular and really good, and um, <laughs> and of course, the next morning, Eric goes in to find Lovejoy, and um, he walks past a broom cupboard. <laughs> And there's Lovejoy, just just sprawling. He's the toilet rolls. He's kind of like all pretzeled up, like his foot's by his head. I know. I absolutely loved it. It was was such a a smart... 
there must be a term for it, I don't know what it is, but like a cut from, in you go into your grand hotel, here's, off you go to your suite, and then Eric just being like this double take, this man lying on top of a load of toilet rolls. And then... I must say, there was, a, in this episode in general, there was a lot of farce, because mm. we get to the ridiculous bit a bit later on when they're all running around town trying to get the plates, and you've got the juggler and the traffic warden getting in the way all the time. Yeah, I think the farce It, it all got a bit just, Alan Akeborn, didn't it? it if Alan Akeborn, you're the dramatic... You're the drama oh, student or the oh, drama. Oh, Kim would know. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm not the I'm drama like, student. Kim, I'm asking. Kim. I'm not asking you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kim. Go it's on, Alan Kim. Akeborn I'm thinking of, isn't yeah. it? Alan Akeborn and very Noel Carrot as well. <laughs> it is. I, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking sort of noises off type stuff, isn't it? Very. It, it is very farcical. And of course, you know, now that we've established um, Lovejoy's relationship with Fred Elliott... Um, Cecil. <laughs> Which is, what's, his, what's the name of the character? Because I'm just going to call him Fred Elliot. Or the, and you can't just call him Fred either. Cecil? Fred Elliot, full name, all the way through. Hang on, I think I wrote it down at some And he point. must have been in Coronation Street Cecil. as Fred Elliot at this time. Cecil, wasn't he? because I've written who is Cecil. So I. I Cecil. Cecil. I, I knew he was but in Corrie. Wasn't the character in Coronation Street at this time? I would I'm say sure so, for sure, because I'm sure that it. He's doing a bit of moonlighting in Brighton. <laughs> well, I, later on we meet another, um, I was going to say character, but another actor who is also from Corrie. So I wonder if it was just like, can we somehow all go to Brighton on a jolly? just down there for a weekend <laughs> yeah. and just got written hastily into the script? Or maybe they were playing like the the summer season or something and they were like, oh, well, as they're there, we'll just... As they're there, we'll yeah. just write them in. Or they kicked out some poor bloke who, you know, it was his his debut. <laughs> Just some bloke called Dave. I'm sorry, mate. We got Fred Elliott now. <laughs> oh God. I will cut we in sacked. the actor's actual name. I think it's Michael. Stanis- it is Michael something. something. Like I'll look it up. We're talking about an actor called John Savident. He played Fred Elliott as you will hear many times in this episode, in um, Coronation Street, which is a British soap opera, if you don't know. Um, and he played that character from 1994 right up until 2006. Um, I quite liked Eric um, helping Lovejoy out of his broom cupboard and to a shower. I thought that was very oh, sweet. Yeah, just, like, just Lovejoy's like, just get me to a bathroom. <laughs> just walking through with nothing on. But his little pink table, which we there was a lot of naked Lovejoy in this episode, uh, like a serious amount. Although he wasn't as pleasing as I had expected, he'd let himself go. <laughs> he'd let himself go a little bit in this episode, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was just a bit. There was a bit, a bit of flab at one point. Oh, lovely. Come on, no one ever said. Lovely. People always say this about women, so I'm going to just dish it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the bit no. when he's running around the hotel, semi-naked. <laughs> Sorry, Kim, we've totally lost a lot of that. I've only had one thing on, of gin. Anyway, then, it's Don Warrington! Now, I fucking love Don Warrington. So they go to the lanes to find out more about the plates after Lovejoy's had his shower in the Grand and um, and been rescued or whatever. Um, and in the lanes, they go to one of the antique shops where they've seen this plate, and there's a very kind of snooty um, dealer in there. Oh, um, yes. And it's... And now I can't remember what his name is in Bloody Rising Damp. That's really bad. I can't remember. I'll have to cut it in. Do you know what? He went to Drama Centre London, which is where I used to work. Oh! 
It's a connection. But I knew he, because he, his picture was on the wall at Drama Centre. Oh, I love him. So I knew he'd been to Drama Centre. But, and he's in my he, favourite episode of Red Dwarf, Shoehorn Inn. He played in. Philip in Rising Damp. Philip, there you my are. God, I that can't was... believe I can remember. Is there a Rising, Rising Damp, Damp podcast? Because, I is mean... Is there? No, is there? there sh- is there? We're going to have to look it up. Be. There must be. <laughs> you carry on. I'm going to go into my podcast app and have a look. But carry on. Um, and I was going to say Don. My mate Don. Don's also in uh, my favourite episode of Red Dwarf ever, which is Hollow Ship, where Rimmer gets the chance to to go on to this perfect, like, um, I don't know what the words I'm looking for, is like this Nirvana ship that, that is just completely crewed by holograms and nobody else. And, um, and, and Don Warrington plays Binks and he comes down onto Red Dwarf and Lister has a man, like they have a big Barney and I just love it. It's the one where Lister goes, we, oh, I'll cut it. What have we here? A human being or a very close approximation? <laughs> Chronological age, mid-twenties, physical age, 47. <laughs> Grossly overweight, unnecessarily ugly, otherwise would recommend it for the museum. Apart from that, of no value or interest. Listed to Red Dwarf. We have in our midst a complete smeg pot. I'll cut it in. Anyway, but you're right, Polly, he's typecast. He's typecast as a very well-spoken black guy who is a bit Probably because of that, that character, you know. Yeah, which is a shame, actually, because I'm sure he's got a lot... I'm sure he's got range... Maybe more of a stage actor. Who can say? Anyway. Well, Kim can probably say she would know. <laughs> Just <laughs> uh, Kim, Kim would know. Kim would know. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's the thing. He always does play, like, the very well-educated, very well-spoken. And, of course, it, it, he when they walk in, they try and... Not pull a fast one, but they're trying to, like, play their cards close to their chest. And um, him and Eric walk in and they're like, yes, I'm looking for a birthday present for, for my auntie. And um, this plate caught my eye. And he just, he just perfectly calls their bluff. And he's like, you're one of us. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, one of him? How could, how could you tell? Like, because you're doing like a really shady... And he must have seen it all. Cause it... Oh, he just, he just knows. But then, but then, as I'm enjoying him being there and thinking, "Oh, good, I'm glad he, I, I'm glad he saw through their their slightly cheeky trick to try and get this plate a bit cheaper." Um, as they leave the shop, who does he ring? Charlie, Charlie Gimber. What? Why? Why do all these people know Charlie Gimbert? Well, I think it's, it's happened. Well, it's happened before. Is it just the trade though? The same way that if I said to you, Polly, "Oh, have you? Do you know so and so?" Because we work in the same kind of fields. I suppose, you do yeah. end up coming across these people, and if they're particularly shady, not that Charlie me and Polly would... know anyone particularly shady. I just can't think that Charlie would have a very good reputation in that field because he's a philistine. Exactly. Mm. Which which that's Lovejoy a very good does, point. Um, totally tell him in this later on. Yeah, absolutely. I say we come to that later on. In fact, I think I wrote. Doesn't he call him a philistine? I'd written the word philistine before he said the word philistine. Yeah. I was like, uh-huh. He he does. And it's the way he says it. It just I don't know why. It, it is. I've written it. Yeah, he kinda goes. But anyway, yeah. hold that thought. Yeah. Um then, um, so Charlie arrives in Brighton, <laughs> then I've written 
Am I in Lovejoy? Because <laughs> he turns up with Yvonne, who is basically just me. I fucking loved her. I absolutely loved her. And she, too, is in Coronation Street. Not once, but twice. Yvonne's played by Jane Hazelgrove, and she was actually in Coronation Street as well, just like uh, Fred Elliott. Um, she played two roles. She was in it in 1985 as Sue Clayton, um, and she's in it at the moment as Bernie Winter. Bernie Winter. Um, but uh, in a minute, we realise we recognise her from Casualty. Anyway, so the reason I've said, oh, here's me and Lovejoy, is because Charlie's turned up with basically a tart to the hotel. So oh, Charlie yes. knows Gimbert as well. Uh, what am I talking about? So Gimbert knows Cecil, the doorman, Fred Elliot, as well, seemingly. And he kind of yeah, goes again, in and nods to like they're on really good terms. Mm. He gets the good suite as well. Obviously. I wonder how. Was it ever clarified how they knew each other? No. No, and, and Cecil kind of does him over a bit at the end, doesn't he? So Yeah, so Cecil obviously doesn't have uh, any... any but he also saves the day in some way as well, so we'll let him off. Yeah, yeah. So, so now... It's all... Yeah. Courses for courses, isn't it, really? So Gimbert's in Brighton with his bit of fluff, Yvonne, who is a lovely um, blonde-bobbed northerner. She's, she's really lovely. She just wants to see she's the dolphins. Lovely. That's all she wants to do. And um, and then we go to Eric eating a Mivy. Uh, so yeah, Tink's back from oh, Tink's back from Stoke. He finds Eric eating his Mivy, and he has this beautiful line. He says, "I have a round, unvarnished tale to tell." And then he explains. They go to the pavilion, and he explains the thing Kim touched on earlier about these plates were commissioned for the wedding of um, Prince Leopold of Belgium, I guess, and Sex Princess Kulberg. Charlotte. Yeah, who Leopoldville was named after, presumably. Oh, I didn't which know. Which was the that. previous capital. It was the capital of. <laughs> Sorry. Who's <laughs> playing bingo? But the capital of Zaire. Be... It was the capital of Zaire before Zaire became. The Democratic Republic of the Congo, because everywhere that's undemocratic has the word democratic into it to kind of throw you off the scent. And now the capital is Kinshasa. Carry on. And um, yeah, so we find out there's, and there's this entire crockery set, is that what that's called? That was commissioned for this wedding, which then I, I guess the wedding never took place. So the Prince Regent commissioned it, which makes sense with Brighton mm-hmm. um, and the pavilion yep. and everything. And, um, but I don't know my history well enough to know who Princess Charlotte was or what happened. Um, but I do know um, that then somebody says, let's get a dozen oysters and a bottle of Chablis and they go and just have fish and chips on the beach, which also looked absolutely yum. That does look good. A bit of fish and chips on the beach is always good. Yeah, there is nothing quite like fish and chips on the beach. Oh, I miss it. I miss fish and chips, the pub. I, I've now discovered I miss Mr Whippy, the ice cream. <laughs> I miss um no I think that's it fish and chips and uh, Mr. it's simple it's the simple things isn't it yeah you, you don't exactly. know what you've got until it's gone do you um so yeah and then um and then they have a plan because obviously Don War- Don Warrington probably should have looked up the character's name didn't bother um has still got this plate because he saw through Eric and Lovejoy's slightly crap plan to get it yes. off him for cheap so Tinker goes in instead and and also does the same ploy and says it's for his auntie yeah, Edith which is very obvious um, but and he ends up parting with 95 quid for it whereas bearing in mind one of the other ones was 30 quid 
Um, yeah. But Tinker still gets the plate. So what what they're doing is they're basically trying to recreate this set. They've realised somehow this crockery's got to Brighton. They don't really know how at the moment, but they're going to get it all together. Um, and then Jane comes up trumps because she's got the shipping agent's details from the Baroness. So she knows who shipped that horrible dresser from yeah. um, Belgium to Brighton. And so um, off they go to see him and Gimbert's just stalking them. Yeah, he's just now suddenly like, OK, why is Lovejoy here? What is he after? He's now, obviously is it a coincidence or did he know Lovejoy was there or did we not get to the bottom of this? Well, he does know because um, Don Warrington, I will look his name up, I know, I know that is wrong true, him. But... but how... Oh, yeah, no, he has. But how did he then... Oh, maybe Cecil told him at the Grand. Yeah. But, because I don't understand I mean. how he could have got to the shipping agent or... No, it all seems very... Uh... Um... I suppose maybe the idea is Cecil will do anything for... a a bit of a bribe mm. maybe but i mean i think i think i think he was just following them um you know i mean obviously... brighton's not massive is it actually it isn't actually you do bump into people if you have if you're both in the same place exactly that sounds, that sounds a stupid thing that sounded better in my head you bump into people if you're in the same place <laughs> as other people no but i think if you're both in the same if you're both in brighton there's only a finite number of places that you can go yeah and one of those places is almost... Oh, I was going to say the lanes, but they're not in the lanes, are be. they? They're in the shipping agents. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, anyway, let's... Uh... And you can kind of see... Like, when Lovejoy sees Gimme, you can just see his blood run cold. And then Eric does something which I think is very clever, which is immediately pretends that they're not interested at all in any kind of plate, and they're just interested in these chairs. Um, and, then, and then Eric works. breaks a plate for some reason. Not one of the posh ones, I don't think. But no, I think it was just a bit of um, you know. He turns around and he says, um, "Yeah, he, they, these are just you know they're crock. He just uses these to you know dress his dressers." He's like, "Oh, I've broken one. Don't worry about any of these plates." I'm like, "All right, Eric, you're probably laying it on a bit thick now, mate." Exactly. <laughs> he always does though. He always goes a little bit too far, doesn't he? I'm thinking back to him being the gentleman farmer. Mm. And- then there's more champagne. There was so much champagne in this episode that it was, it was making me drunk champagne. just watching it. So they go to Alwyn's. Um, well, everyone goes to Alwyn's apart from Jane. So Tink, Carrot, Lovejoy, um, they're at Alwyn's. And Alwyn's going to do this like spooky reading to find out where all the plates are, which is very exciting. And and in a kind of cutscene, Jane is trying to find where Lovejoy is at the ground. But... Um, Yes. Is it, it is running up against problems because of course he hasn't got a suite in the Grand. He was just kipping in the uh, broom cupboard. So would she? Would she? Would he have taken her to the broom cupboard, or would he have <laughs> expected her I... to pay for? A... <laughs> That's what I. I think. I don't know. Maybe Cecil. If he turned up with a woman, maybe Cecil would do something different. I'd yeah, imagine. I kind of feel like it, it. That wasn't what Lovejoy was expecting. I actually no. think he probably in the past has done that and said, can I have the special suite at the special discount? And you know. So yeah, so Jane's at the Grand, everyone else is at Alwyn's and Eric really refuses at this point to to kind of go along with with um, the, the spookiness of it. He just keeps going, well, I told her that, so that's why she knows that. She's in like this trance going, the plates so have come over the sea. And Eric's where like, Where do you yeah. guys stand on all this clairvoyance and all that stuff? I mean, I think some people believe that they have a gift, but I don't think that they 
do have a gift. They're probably just very, very good cold readers. Because like, I've seen a lot of Darren Brown about how the power of suggestion and how you do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, when you look at people like Darren Brown and that, and you see how easy it is for a complete layman to just do that, and it's like, actually, that's how, how it's done. So, yeah, I, I, mm, I don't think I believe in clairvoyancy in the total mystical sense yeah and i definitely don't believe in it when it's done for kind of showmanship or whatever because there is proof that they've got people who will go through like who's bought a ticket they'll have their researchers go and look up who those people are and they'll have like like a earpiece on the night obviously i know you need an earpiece when you're on stage and you're doing stuff but an earpiece where they're literally feeding like there's a woman called maureen in the audience her son derek died in mysterious circumstances and then they'll be like oh is there someone here whose name maybe begins with a is it an n you know it's just and it makes me really sad and and it (laughs) okay this is a massive tangent i'm so sorry i know we want to be quick but it just makes me feel so sad for Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my oh. one of my absolute heroes, one of my favourite people in the world, who was such good friends with Harry Houdini and then really kind and of fell out with Houdini. All of that. Yeah, because he just desperately wanted it he just so wanted it to be true. It was because Arthur of course Conan Doyle. you would want it to be true, but it's not. It was Arthur Conan Doyle who stood up and said the Cottingley fairies were real, yeah, wasn't I mean, it? And yeah, really he tried good. to push all yeah. of that. And if people don't know what that reference is is to, then go and look it up. Go the and look it up. Fairies is amazing. Absolutely, and that film—the film is really, really good. Oh, who's in that film now? My cousin was in that film, <gasps> no! playing the trumpet on the yeah, <laughs> playing the trumpet on the railway station. Fairy tale. <gasps> I must have and watched that film. Uh, I'm not McGann. kidding you. It had you like you, you had McGann in it. It had him and in it, it had and it had uh, a cameo from Mel Gibson. I have watched that film. I'm not kidding you. Not recently. I haven't watched it in the last probably ten years. But before that, I would say I'd watched it at least a hundred times. I absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, and me. Well, there's a there's a bit where there are a load of uh, kids in sort of cadet uniform playing at the railway station, and the trumpeter on the end is my cousin. And Cot- um, Cottingley's your that, neck of the woods as well, isn't it, Bradford? That is my so, neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. I don't know why we're talking about the Cottingley fairies. At least we haven't gone to Jeff to talk in Mongoose. Conan Doyle, yes. clairvoyant, That's made it. up made up shit, and all of that. Eric is being. Well, she does skeptic. refer to the clown and the juggler. Uh, juggler. Oh my god, I'm pissed. A clown and a juggler and an angry lady and the traffic warden. But isn't she the angry lady? The traffic no. warden. No. Well. It, oh no, there's another angry. Mm. Sorry. Yes. Well, see, it's debatable because it could be two angry ladies actually. This is true. And she talks about a plane crash. There's going to be a plane crash, and Eric's just like, no. I don't know, no. And um, and she comes up with the name Derek, doesn't she? His nephew is called Derek and Jane... So I've kind of said, oh, we know that Derek is the nephew of the shipping agent. But actually, we don't know that at this point. Jane, Jane reveals that. And now it cuts back to Jane, who is still at the Grand trying to find Lovejoy. Gimbert's there with his um, f- flame, whatever you would call her. And Jane... <laughs> Hides from him by just lifting up a menu. Yes, she does it so elegantly. Just it is so elegant. Like that. I just 
absolutely loves it. And obviously, we've all we've missed something massive here, haven't we? Because um, Gimbert is trying. He sees this chair, and he really wants to buy the chair that's in the lobby. And again, he only wants to do it to f- screw over Lovejoy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because obviously, back when um, Gimbert follows, uh, goes to follow Lovejoy and Eric and Tinker when they go to the um, furniture emporium, and he's questioning what they're on about the um, plates for and stuff. And Eric's obviously being like, "Oh, this chair is really, really nice," and tries to throw him off the scent. Mm. And this is how Lovejoy comes up with this idea that okay, maybe I can. Diffuse this situation mm. by sending him off on a complete tangent, and um, he agrees with um, Loose Moore to um, um, borrow this chair, which is a gilt back um, chair for a little while, mm. um, and um, put it. And he agrees with Cecil to put it in the um, hotel lobby. And um, of course, he gives um, Loose Moore as his guarantor. He gives Jane's yes. um, details, and um, <laughs> that, and that's partly how I think an argument then kind of ensues mm. between them because he he kind of did this without. She's one of many angry ladies in this uh, scenario. Absolutely. Obviously, then um, he puts the chair into the lobby at the um, um, hotel, just knowing that Gimbert is going to see it. He's already seen. The, the chair in the um, furniture emporium so you, you know he's, he's going to think oh there's a, a pair and that's when Jane does her very impressive hiding behind <laughs> yes. a menu it's like she's playing peekaboo with him and then and then Gimbert does buy the chair for £1,300 because he believes now he can get a pair so it'll be worth way more than that. And then he and screw over it. Lovejoy. Yeah, and screw over Lovejoy. Very Absolutely, because Cecil already does and a little bit it... of acting in this and he's like, oh, um, well, somebody else came in just earlier today and was asking about it <laughs> and um, he, he's already offered us uh, X amount for it. You do see his point, don't you, sir? <laughs> mm. Do you know what I loved about this, though? I've actually written down here... Who has that kind of money in cash in his wallet? Because he says it's 1,350 quid. And he just gets the cash out and counts it out and goes, fine, there you go. It was the 90s though, wasn't it? My dad would have that in his wallet. But the thing is, I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've ever had as much as 100 quid in my wallet. (laughs) No. Oh, I have. No, I I don't even carry cash anymore. I mean, now I I I can't remember the last time I had more than maybe 10 quid in my wallet. In fact, I don't even have a wallet. But I reckon in the 90s, someone like Gimbert would just carry, like... Well, actually, that's quite a lot. More than a grand is a lot, actually. But obviously, did they have chip and pin at this point? No, they didn't. No. No, no. no. Oh, Kim, you tiny baby. No, that happened, like... Nowhere near. In mine and Polly's memory, that happened two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It was remarkably recent. Um, So Gimbert carries this chair... Carries it up through the hotel and puts it in his room, which I just thought was hilarious. And at that point, oh, yes, of course. Cecil calls Lovejoy, basically says, Oh, look, he fell for it. And Jane's there the whole time, eavesdropping. I know, and she just grabs the phone off him. Yeah, and she's like, Lovejoy, come here. Um, and that's when they have the, the like a real fight, actually. So they've been kind of yeah, like, Yeah, they do. 
um, slightly grousing at each other before that, but she's she's basically like, well, you know, why is she confronting him though? I can't remember. I've just written Jane confronts Lovejoy, but just why would she care that he? So it's more that when um, when they go, they're all back at um, the Baroness's, and they're talking, and she's a little bit irked with him about the fact that he's he'd given out the um, yes. name and address yeah. of the Baroness yes, yes, yes. without asking her first, um, all because it was to pull this um, you know this fleece on Gimbert. I think fair enough. That's a great reason. I think it's just a perfect reason. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Getting one over on Gimber every time. <laughs> but, you know, I think she's just a bit annoyed because, um, you know, he's... She maybe feels that he's not taking this seriously for Louise. Yeah. And then she... Um, obviously, then they're talking about the money situation. So she's already irritated with them. But then when he mentions um, that he's not just going to take a percentage of uh, the, the total um, of, of, you know, the full collection of plates, he's actually planning to take a cut of mm. it. And she mm. gets really annoyed at him. And um, then he gets really annoyed at her because she's annoyed at him. Yeah. And then that's when. The... And I that's kind of love everybody. Him. That's love. I thought she was being unreasonable, actually. <laughs> I mean, I think she was a bit as well. So they kind of they're gonna. So they're trying to collect all these plates now, and they're using like Alwyn's vision. They're going up and down the lanes. The traffic wardens there that was mentioned. There was a. Or as Frank put it, they collected all the plates by montage. <laughs> <laughs> It's like in the Muppets movie when they travel by map. Let's travel by map. I was literally thinking of that. Let's meet the rest of the Muppets by montage. (laughs) I love that. That's my favourite line in that film. And then... Oh, I don't even know what's happened now. I've written Lovejoy talking to Selwyn, another dealer. Very sleamy. Don't remember that I mean, bit I've, at all. I've, just, I've just written what the fuck is going on with the traffic warden because she appears so many times and she's, just spooky. And she's just spooky and at no point did I sasp what the fuck was going on with the well, traffic warden. Well, I did towards the end we learn that the traffic warden bought some of the plates. Oh, yeah. But I mean that's we the did, only thing. Feature particularly. She doesn't have any lines. Um no, so she was obviously really just don't. paid extras rate not <laughs> Because bless her, she just kind of gets Tinker, Eric and um, Alwyn just launching themselves at her. Alwyn's trying to touch her face. Um, (laughs) Tinker's trying to ask her about the plates and showing her the plates that they've got. And Eric's just trying to ask her questions. And she's like, look, would you stop touching me? Would you get away from me? Oh, it's very odd. It's all. It's all in fact, very this surreal. is where the farce was really beginning to like. There's already the bit, been a bit of yeah. farce, even this with Gimbert trying to get his chair into his hotel room. But now it is really like ratcheting up the the farceometer, as I'm going to call it. But there's so much farce in it. Even the thing that happens in a, in a few minutes with the plate that Gimbert finally gets hold of, it it, it was it did go peak fast, yeah. didn't it? Really. So they they realised that. Um, the shipping agent, Lucemore, his nephew, Derek, had taken the plates from the credenza slash horrible dresser and had sold them on his market stall and now they're all over Brighton. The traffic warden bought one, the jugglers bought some, blah, 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 blah. They're chasing all around to get it. Um, 
the plates say Wadgwood on the back? We realise at this point, but apparently oh, yeah, that's fine. No, because who was it who said, wasn't it to Gimbert they said, but these are not original? Cause, no, Gimbert says they're not original because it says Wadgwood, not Wedgwood. And then Tinker and then says apparently, it's all right, so. And, and uh, uh, No, but ap- apparently it was because, presumably because people, I don't know, is it, it, I mean, Shakespeare used to spell his name lots of different ways. Mind you, that was a I bit I mean, they didn't ago. have to spell back then, did they? Probably. No, yeah. they didn't. So, like, Wedgwood. it's... Um, yeah, it, it, it kind of, it's one of those things where it doesn't make any difference according oh. to Lovejoy. I've actually written some useful notes. So so at this point, they've managed to kind of collect together as much of this Wadgwood slash Wedgwood set as, as they can. And Tinker says, you know, it's okay. Sometimes they were stamped Wadgwood, blah, blah, blah. And then Jane says, well, these belong to Louise, like what Kim was touching on earlier. And Lovejoy says, well, no, we've done the work. Like, if I hadn't mm. have been here and found them and, and then put she two and two together, we, we wouldn't have done this and and tink kind of says yeah and alwyn's helped and blah blah blah. and i actually think in a way so lovejoy says so i'm going to take a cut of this because i've done the work done the work i was with him completely on this yeah and i and i think it's his job worded it it better though that was the problem the way that he worded it maybe wasn't ideal so it just kind of meant that she did blew it all out of proportion and she did get really annoyed and a bit irritated and she calls um, him a thief like she's literally like what about the moral question but he you is, just he nicked just, them and he's like no i haven't he is just he is just saying wait a minute you asked me to do this this is my job this is the thing in which i have training i mean th- I th- was... this is why i have absolutely no problem with um supporting people on patreon and stuff like that no, well, because exactly. i just think do you know what these people are making creative work if there's yeah. nothing else we've learned from lockdown it's how much we actually need yeah, artists but... comics um you know but anyway he has done the work is the point and it doesn't seem fair that somebody has a skill and you just Use it for your own ends. Mm. And they row... Somebody has a skill, you know. They're rowing in front of everybody. I don't know if they've done that before. No, I think they've maybe occasionally bickered a little bit, but I don't think they've ever had a proper... Like, this is a full row. And it's just... It's like always... I know we said there could be a few angry ladies, but I think, for me, Jane is the angry lady. The angry lady, yeah. not normally so... She is normally a bit more in control of her yeah. feelings. Although Yvonne is an angry lady later on. <laughs> yeah, but you get a feeling I Yvonne's always an angry Yvonne. lady. <laughs> Yvonne was great. Angry Yvonne was brilliant. But again, I think we've seen a lot more of this in Jane in this series mm. where, um, you know, in the past with Lovejoy, she's maybe let her feelings for him cloud her judgment or maybe she hasn't always questioned him on some of his actions and things whereas now i think because her um her feelings for him aren't quite clouding him um she that's a really good quite a few times called him out on on things in in this whole and and almost like her her confidence has grown as well she's not got this she's not got alexander there kind of second guessing her or squashing her feelings she's kind of grown as a woman to learn yeah yeah, that actually what i feel is valid and i am right to express it and it is okay so um and then um and then lovejoy's moody on a beach and brighton beach is a very good beach to be moody on because you can throw the pebbles 
I've been, I was going to say, I've been moody on Brighton Beach. That's what we did. I think it's because it's a stony beach, not a sandy beach. <laughs> yeah. There is something more... I mean, you couldn't have sex on a stony beach. Oh, it would no. Hurt. Well, you could put a blanket but down. But on the plus side, you don't get you sand, get sand up crevices. Your... <laughs> yeah, crevices. crevices. Check your crevices. I'm going to use that in future crevices. Crevices, crevices is a very good word. It is. Um, um, so Lovejoy's being moody on the beach. Eric's doing sums because it's Eric's job. He's trying to make sure that, you know, they're going to be okay. And Tinker just says to him, oh, shut up, Eric. And I really, I mean, he was just trying to help. I just oh, no, bless. bless little Eric. I mean, he's grown so much as well. And again, you really see that in this episode where, and actually I think, obviously this is a bit of sort of foreshadowing for when he leaves Mm. in series five because he has grown so much over the over the years and he's become so much more knowledgeable and so much skilled and and stuff and he and because he doesn't quite get the respect still like you know as soon as they need somebody to go into um the kitchens He's he's the one yeah, that's to do this <laughs> And he um and I wonder if that's why series four has been so enjoyable because they've actually mm. they've done all that hard work of of building up the characters and now they can just have a little bit of a explore of them. Um yeah. so yes, now we go to Yvonne, who's Charlie Gimbert's um little bit, bit, on the of, side. bit of fun or whatever. But he hasn't got a side for it to be fun. I'd written bit on the side, but has he got a side to be on the bit of? <laughs> has he got a bit to be on the he's, side he's of? He has kind of nothing. He's not mad. bachelor life. <laughs> yeah. And she says, um, Yvonne says, this hasn't been fun, Charlie. Oh, poor. I felt really sorry for she her. She just wants to see the bloody dolphins and have a nice beach holiday. And instead, he's dragged around looking at bloody chairs. But again, all because he wants to get one over on someone. And that's a really nasty side to him. It's not even like, look, there's this work thing and I can't let this go because it's a really good opportunity. Because you could almost understand mm. that, except you'd accuse somebody of being a workaholic. It's this... I'm so nasty that even though I've taken you away for the weekend, I would rather actively screw someone over and be mean to them than be nice you. to you. <laughs> than screw you, literally screw you and be nice to you. Exactly. Um, but you see, that's where the, that's the difference between Lovejoy and Gimbert is, because um, Lovejoy, we've seen this sort of exact same sort of situations happen with Lovejoy, especially with Lovejoy and Jane, where, mm. you know, you think, oh, okay, you can have a bit of romance here. Um, and um, and then the um, antiques kind of get in the way and the love of antiques is strong for him, whereas for Gimbert, he doesn't give a toss about the plates. He doesn't give a toss about the no. chairs. He just wants to make money and get yeah. one over on Lovejoy. Um, which, let's face it, love um, Gimbert has always said that from the very first episode. <laughs> and I, I can't really remember why, but Gimbert has actually managed to get one of these Princess Charlotte, Prince Leopold, yes. Wedgwood plates. He's got it in his hotel well, this room. Is when, this is when it goes peak fast, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Um, so he, they've had their breakfast... Um, Yvonne is quite rightfully in a mood. Um, and he basically has a celebratory shag because he's got the plate. Ah, now I saw it completely. Is that what he does? I thought he 
shagged her just to keep the peace. Because she was like, I haven't had fun, Charlie. This is bloody rubbish. But he's happy. But he's ha- That's a good voice. But he's happy to shag her now because he's got the plate. He's like, well, I've got the plate. I've screwed over Lovejoy. Now I might as well screw, my, screw the northerner. Mm, it was my, that was my non-podcasting voice that I did Dixie there. Dixie from Casualty. Dixie! That was a, there Dixie. you go. Now we know she was. And, now we know um, she was. So and so because he is shagging Dixie from Casualty, he doesn't realise that the plate has been kind of collected up in the room service stuff, and has left the hotel room. Um, and he gets so angry about it. Oh my god! And then forget about Gimbert and Yvonne for a second. Then we go to the Baroness saying to Jane, "You've had a tiff." Oh yeah, Jane Lovejoy. And then she says that that. That line that will that will ruin your life. You're in love with him, aren't you? <laughs> and Jane's like, no, I'm fine. And I think Louise is very kind to Jane. She's like, look, it doesn't matter to me. I was just trying to get this cash. I didn't expect there to be that much cash anyway. Why are you guys well, rowing so about this? It's ex- not that important. Jane does expect to pay him as well because he has done his job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but you know that's when Jane doesn't exactly deny that she's in love with him as such but she you know she just um, yeah. says about the argument that you know it's what happens in all partnerships all relationships you know and she's just like she tries to brush it aside but and I wonder if at this moment is where she's realising actually I'm not in love with him anymore because he's just pissing me off yeah, I think there's. I think there is a bit of a realization <laughs> so there. Sad. I looked to my face, and it was really sad. Anyway, I'll cut that bit out. Um, so now, for some reason, Eric Tinker and Lovejoy are still trying to find a plate because at this point they're in the grand. Oh, maybe they know that Charlie's got the plate, and, and Lovejoy says to Eric and Tinker, "Find that bloody juggler." <laughs> What's happening is that he um, Lovejoy goes back to his um, room, and um, there. I didn't even write this down. (laughs) And of course, um, he he walks in and he finds um, Charlie Gimbert's bit of bit on the side. Because basically, Charlie realizes the plate's gone, but he realizes where it's gone, and he says to Yvonne, "Go and flutter your bum at him." I've written misogyny of the, the week. week. Part two. <laughs> yeah. Flutter, and it was all bums, wasn't it? And she, Flutter your bum and she goes, at him. Flutter me bum. And he just pushes her into the lift. He's like, go and get it. <laughs> She's like, it's okay, whatever. And she was quite good it because I wasn't sure for a while. I thought the actress was very good mm. in that I wasn't sure for a while if the character was acting and was going along with Gimba, or if the character really was pissed off with Gimba, or was pissed off with Gimba but was still going along with him. When she goes up to Lovejoy, I was like, is she, yeah. is she trying to con Lovejoy? And then it, 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 it was quite a bit later on that I know, nope, she is definitely actually on Lovejoy's side. Yeah. She really is just sick of Gimba. It's all face value. Yeah, so poor Yvonne's been dispatched by Gimba to try and... I don't know if she was trying to find the plate or just get the chair at this point. It was a bit beyond me. But for whatever she reason... She's trying to get the plate, I think. She's, you know, Lovejoy's there. She's there. How does she for find some him reason, in the cupboard? He's How does she know to naked. go and... I don't know. I'm, I'm really confused. I only watched this last night. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten. She was like, oh, I've got to go and... Oh, he'll be in the cupboard. I mean, she's... <laughs> 
I don't see. I always just assumed she asked Cecil. No, or does she get? Oh yeah, Or does she like me go into the cupboard just to have a cry? And then he's like, actually, oh! this is my cupboard where I'm sleeping. Why is there a sit- crying woman in here? <laughs> Why is there a crying woman in my cupboard? But for whatever reason, a, a towel-clad Lovejoy is in the store cupboard with a sobbing a sobbing northerner, a sobbing Yvonne. Um, this was a bit of an alo-alo moment as Jane comes in. It's a bit, what are you doing with that servant girl in your arms, you stupid woman? <laughs> Or is that just me? Yeah, that's a no, really dated Polly, reference. I'll show you. I've written uh, ha 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 ha. I wish I had written you stupid woman though. That would be <laughs> you stupid woman. I'd be like, oh poor Lovejoy and poor Jane because it's just one of those situations where actually it's so easily misinterpreted and <laughs> sovereign. Poor Lovejoy, poor Jane, a juggler. Of course, she then storms off. Yeah. And then he, this is this is again where it was such a farcical moment where he runs after her. Oh yeah, and, and, and I think he drops his um, his towel. His towel one. gone. Very insulting. It's gone. And as he's oh yeah, this is the bit where he's her, running around the hotel naked. Yeah, and then of course, as he's running after Jane, um, you know, um, they come to speak to him about the plate. So again, his he, he gets distracted by um, the the antiques. So Jane slightly gets put on hold for two seconds whilst he talks and then of course as he he goes off to find Jane again she reappears and tells him that she's found the juggler yeah I've written a juggler Jane and Lovejoy make up I found the juggler in inverted comments and then I've written Cecil also from Corrie question mark so I realised that um, whatever her name was Jane Hazelgrove was from Corrie before I realised that Fred Elliott was from Corrie, which is pretty impressive. Oh, I know. Fred Elliott, the minute he came onto the screen, <laughs> like a reflex, I went, I see. <laughs> um, and now Eric's in the kitchen because they know the plates He in the always kitchen. gets the worst jobs. He's in the kitchen because he's got to get the crap job. So, yeah, so, so we're in um, a juggler. Jane and Lovejoy make up. I found the juggler. Then they disrupt the juggler. <laughs> So the juggler's this, got again, the plates, basically. This was it's me peak kind of... I was going to say noises off. I, re, I watched on TV the other day that One Man, Two Governors. It just reminded me of that as they're all in chaos. And you just think, oh, what can possibly go wrong here mm. with all these antique plates and some jugglers and night is falling and they're on a very stony beach. And, and the steps, you've got the stone chasing steps. him and all the... Oh, it was, a le- it was brilliant. This must have taken a lot of staging mm. as well. I wonder how many times they filmed these bits. And it was really panto. Like, it was really, really panto. So the fact that it was on oh, the coast made that even better like it was really panto but I love panto and I just I just really really liked it then I've written again Jane and Lovejoy make it up so how many times did they row and how many times did they make it up I think she kept apologizing because of her conversation she'd had with the baroness it's because at this point sorry I've realized Charlie is really horrid so they managed to get the plates and at this point, Lovejoy says, okay, I'll, I'll buy the rest of those plates off you. And Charlie's kind of dangling them over this very stony beach, isn't he? But again, it's that thing of 
he's such a horrible man because we know that what is of, of utmost importance in Lovejoy is appreciating beauty for beauty's mm. sake or, or craftsmanship for its own sake. The idea that more important than that could be wanting to screw someone over yeah. and or money. Neither of those things should take precedent. They should be way down the list. Our art is right up at the top. And the fact that he is prepared to destroy for good a thing of beauty... Mm. And 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 just by destroying the plates, that's destroying the whole set almost. So Charlie it's just is awful. Um, he's got these plates in his hand, he's dangling them over the beach. Him and Lovejoy haggle on the price and he yes. kinda goes, kinda yes. goes yes. Yes. because Philistine. Um, <laughs> at this point um Gimbert has realised that he's been done over by Lovejoy over the chairs. Mm. Over the chair, yeah. So obviously he says that he's he's bought these He's deliberately bought these plates from the juggler, knowing. <laughs> and I don't think he knows why Lovejoy is interested. He doesn't care why Lovejoy is interested in these plates specifically, but he's bought them all off of Gimbert, uh, off of the juggler, sorry, just so that he can have them because he knows Lovejoy is wanting them. And then yeah. he's hanging them over the edge and he says, no, I want 750 for them, the price of the other chair that uh, doesn't exist. You know, and, um, you know, they haggle over the price and um, and and he agrees to it. And just as they're about to, like, shake on it and take the take the plates from him, Kimbert just just smashes them. Would you like to see it my face? Would you like to see my face? Because I actually took a yes. photo of my face when this happened. Go on. I could not believe what had happened. I was so shocked. Oh, my God, you are shocked. Definitely shocked. That is a definite like, shock face, yeah. I can't believe he did that. Just smashed the, these plates that we've awful, been looking at it? all episode. I was so you know invested in these horrible plates that I, I didn't even like. like. It, it did somehow just embody everything that was awful about mm. him, that he would do that. Um, And then we kind of have this denouement, don't we? We go back to our wins. But that's this is what this is when obviously when he does drop the plates and Lovejoy is about to lamp him one and um, Yvonne just goes absolutely rage on him and just <laughs> oh, starts pounding yeah, on him. Lady. Yeah, and they're just like, oh okay. Um, By um, oh, it was brilliant though. But it is, it was almost her Basil Fawlty hitting the car with a tree moment. It was, I've had enough of this. That's it. I've had moments like that. I didn't even get to see the bloody dolphins, Charlie. <laughs> Yes. Do they have dolphins? Do they have no, dolphins? No, of course they don't have bloody dolphins in Brighton. They were just trying to say northerners are stupid, which is very rude. Um, but still. Oh, never mind, do they've got dolphins in Guernsey? Uh, yeah, but Guernsey's in France, pretty much, isn't it? Pretty much. They're not that far away. They're really from Brighton. Maybe they have porpoises in Brighton. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> so, so Charlie smashed his plates. The whole thing, uh, Yvonne lays into him. Then we have this denouement back at Alwyn's, and it was Alwyn's. Is I mean that is what I aspire to. I would mm. say to to well, live clairvoyant to the rich and famous. <laughs> I mean, I could probably pull it off, right? How hard could it be? I've got the hair, I've got the earrings, as we've all learned. Again, <laughs> sorry, I've got to put my Monty Python reference in here when he says, "I want to be a lion tamer." Do you have any experience? No, but I've got a hat. It <laughs> says lion tamer on it. <laughs> It's like you have to be a clever one. I've got the earrings. I have got the earrings. Anyway, and it was it Alwyn's is genuinely very beautiful. Jane and Lovejoy 
kind of make it up. And Eric and Yvonne are on the beach. And I was like, yes, that's that's correct. Oh, I did like that. So I happy. Unexpected. Eric and Yvonne, get it on. Wait, I didn't think that was unexpected at all. I think she was a very genuine, cool person. Yeah, so it was quite is quick, he. though. She was demanding. She was demanding dolphins from uh, Charlie only ten minutes ago. No, I think she was saying. Well, anyway, I don't know why anyway. I'm going to get this big row about these fictional characters. Um, but Eric. No, no, but as in, as in, I don't believe she had met Eric. She was not acquainted with Eric until fairly recently. I mean, you wouldn't have to be though, would you? Just look at him. He's beautiful. What a beautiful boy. Move on. Bloody love him. Move on. I'll cut that bit out. Em, anyone um, would think that you loved Eric or something. Um, <laughs> but Eric and Yvonne, Yvonne's got the plate. So that they're walking down the beach. Oh, I've got the plate, I've got the plate. Um, and uh, Lovejoy and Jane are kind of saying, oh, well, not, not all of Alwyn's predictions came true. Like, okay, there was a traffic warden. Yeah, there was a drug run, but there was no plane crash. Like, what was that about? And literally, <laughs> as they say it, Eric drops this plate once again. And like, oh... Plate crash, plate and I was crash. like, "Really? Have I spent fifty-eight minutes watching this <laughs> for that?" <laughs> oh, that was awful! And you're watching it behind your hands because you know that he's going. He hasn't broken anything for a, you know, a while. And then right at the end, I've written, and I was staring at my notes here, like, "What the hell does that say?" Because so we've got that lovely kind of wrapping up bit, but then there's a final scene. Chair is with Binks. It's like, who the hell is Binks? Don Don Warrington. About... <laughs> That's his name What's in Red Dwarf. <laughs> What's awful about this is that I've put, for, for about, not quite the first time ever, but for once, Gimbert does not get his comeuppance. Oh, he does not, does he? In not fact, the opposite. He actually comes out of this well, and I wonder if it's because, again, he shouldn't, you know, Lovejoy did con him, so yeah, everybody is getting their just desserts, but they're not, because actually he was worse. There are levels, aren't there, and... Lovejoy's done some and, bad and things Gimbert in here. Gimbert's just, been a complete ass. I mean, he was horrible this episode. It was a bit annoying. It was a bit annoying and slightly more realistic in that he, you know, yeah, people don't, don't always get their comments, yeah. yeah, sadly, yeah. in exactly. life. Well, Unfortunately, Charlie Gimbert always seems to come out on top, you know, and, and Lovejoy always seems to get you know, the slightly raw end of the deal. Because yeah. Gimbert, he just, you know, he never seems to do anything nice for anyone. He, and <laughs> yeah. Every no. time to do anything nice, it's always got to be something in it for him. What would I give it out of 10? Yeah, what would you give it out of 10? Oh, a solid 8.5. Oh, I wasn't expecting you to go that high. I've, really? I've genuinely been surprised by that. I really liked it. I liked it. It was funny. It was... Yeah, Fred Elliott in. You've got the point five <laughs> is for Fred Elliott. That. Yeah, it's written for I'm that. giving him his own little point five. I like the farce. I like it was slightly theatrical. I liked the broom cupboard element. Oh no, it was lovely. It was so lovely. I quite enjoyed them not being in in. Where do they live? Suffolk? No, Suffolk. Yeah, is it Suffolk? Oh, I, do you know what? I guess they were Suffolk proper South Coast. and Sussex mixed up well they're in constantly. Sussex not in Suffolk so in Sussex this time different places so I, I quite enjoyed them because they were in Ireland last time they're in Brighton this time I'm quite enjoying the BBC going oh we've got some budget you better go like, of course in a series <laughs> time they'll be in North Carolina oh you had to shoehorn it in didn't you I was having a bad day the other day I'm having, I keep having these lockdown wobbles Me and too. every now and then I'll have a day when I have a real wobble so I just watched that episode the North Carolina and it made, the Christmas and it one. made me happy again I did actually think we've right. managed to go almost an entire episode without mentioning the South Carolina, but she can't. 
She can't do it. No, I can't do it. No. Medical impossibility. Yeah. Uh, I think I would have been heartbroken if we hadn't. <laughs> yeah, what would you give it out of ten? Um, it's a good seven point five for me. Yeah, I think I would sit around seven. No, oh, maybe I would go to an eight. I suppose I would definitely watch it again. Um. There wasn't enough Eric for me. And the Eric that there was, he was quite cynical. And I'm like, oh, no, no. But I loved Alwyn. I loved Brighton. I did. And it, it had a lot of... It was sort of classic Lovejoy with some added fast mm. thrown in. And it was great. It was so good. And again, I'm judging it about the fact that it cheered me up. I was in... I'm finding aspects of this. I mean, I am a fairly sociable person. Yeah. I'm not a shy, retiring violet and I'm finding lockdown somewhat disconcerting. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's losing its, you know, it's, it's, its shine. It's sheen. <laughs> a little bit at the moment, yeah. Do you have an antique of the week? Me? Mm. Or any of us? Any of, um, any of the two can of I you? Have the, can I have the English seaside? Oh! <laughs> I'm gonna have a Mivy. I'm gonna have a strawberry <laughs> Mivy. That's my one. A Mivy. Oh my god, that's a dated oh, reference. Oh, bloody strawberry! God, I could really go. For... Can you even get strawberry a strawberry Mivy nowadays? I don't even. I, don't, I haven't seen a Mivy for about twenty years. Eric had one in the episode, and it really I caught know my he eye. Did. <laughs> I, I wrote it down. Sorry, Kim. Go on. Were you gonna have a genuine antique like a normal person? <laughs> well, I'm kind of torn between a Mister Whippy. <laughs> And Alwyn's earrings. Oh, yes, actually. Now, I probably would go... No, I love mm. the fact nobody is picking Wedgwood. Well, I didn't like it. No, I didn't. And really. to be honest, I don't like um, kind of recognisable Wedgwood, really, either. No, I don't particularly. I tell you what I do really well. love. My favourite, favourite, favourite artist is Grayson Perry. Mm. And have you seen the the vases that the he Brexit does? The Brexit ones. Oh, just any. Uh, well, he's he's done them on all sorts of things where they look from a distance almost like classic sort of Wedgwood with those sort of, you know, outside nice rural scenes. And when you when you go and look at them, they're people stabbing each other on council estates and stuff. Mm, yeah, I, I think he's a genius, and I love it. He I really wonderful. love it. I shall tell you, I got distracted because then I thought, what have we learned? And I know that what I've learned is my retirement has to be basically Alwyn's life. I would like to live in a south coast town within walking distance of the sea. I would... Well, I wouldn't really like to run a and b I think that'd be quite hard. But yeah. I would like to be, like, wear mad earrings and say bonkers things and nobody minds. You do that now. <laughs> I mean, I do do that now. <laughs> Technically, I am living my dream life. That's so what I've learned. You're living the dream. That's what I've learned. I'm living my dream life. What a wonderful thing I to learn. <laughs> I have been reminded of the fact that actually karma doesn't exist and bad people don't always get their just desserts. Yeah. Which made me a bit oh, sad. Oh, that's very sad. What about you, Kim? Did you learn anything? Um, that's actually that some things in, in friendships, you've got to um, weigh up what's actually important in friendships. Oh, so deep. Okay, it's much cry. deeper than anything we've said. <laughs> so, you're like, what What did you like? The beach? <laughs> I like the Mivy, the strawberry Mivy. <laughs> what a strawberry Mivy? She's like, that friendship runs deep and you have to work at it. We're both going, yeah, but do they still have Mivy? <laughs> <laughs> 
But that is so true. And I think also there's something about your friendships, especially your very deep friendships. I don't even know if friendship's the right word. Like maybe relationship is stronger. They go through these seasons where you maybe you you are really annoyed by each other or there is something that's really bothering you but then when it's something that's going to last you work through yeah. it and you do have big blow-ups at each other and then but then everything's all right like me and my my me and my sister's probably the best example of this because we will literally scream in each other's faces and then within 15 minutes be like i love you you're so cool See, and think... the people around us will be like oh my god that's so weird what are you but... doing and you, you can legitimately yeah. apologise and the person will accept the apology because they will know that it's all sincere. <laughs> oh, what a deep episode. I, I did really enjoy Lovejoy and it's, Jane it's really working through that. episode. It is a funny yeah. episode. Yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, um, so in New Tricks... Um, in an episode of New Tricks, um, Pavel Douglas. Is there a New Tricks? Is there a New Tricks podcast? There has to be. There has to be. Surely there's a podcast for that. I'm gonna look it up because I would listen to <laughs> I that because I quite like New Tricks. It was I like James Bond. But Pavel Douglas, who played Alexander, he was in an episode. And he played an antiques dealer who was slightly dodgy. I, uh, I think I've seen him in New Tricks and said, oh, you know. Yeah, it, it always makes me giggle because as soon as I saw him, I was like, hang on a minute, wait, what? They've got, they've got a dodgy antiques I've started following him on Instagram and just like everybody else, he keeps baking bread. So I've muted him. Have we Excellent. done all the bits of the podcast that we need to do? I believe we have. I think we have. We just need to say, um, please follow us online at LovejoyAPod. Please um, support Royal Trinity Hospice at um, www.justgiving.com forward slash Lovejoy hyphen actually. Um, and thank you so much to Kim for being our special guest. Thank you, Kim. Oh, I've had so much fun. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you, Kim. Bye. Let's tell